I think it's my most favorite. Hang on, let me start again. Recent. What's that word? Recent bias. Re recent. We're going to cut this. The time that it was the, the most. Oh, I can't speak today. Cut that. I um, really think you are drunk. It's the. Hang on, what am I trying to say? That's the time where it is the most. The <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> You're in your own head. <laughs> I'm going to go to a different Content catch up. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the content catch up. Great news, everyone. Barks and I both have microphones. And even better news, it's a massive episode because we finally got a guest. We're lucky enough to be joined by Michelle from Sydney Swans. Um, had a great chat with Michelle the other day, Barks. It was um, it was nice to have someone come on and share their experiences of the hub. I thought you were gonna say um, it was nice to not just have uh, me talking to. I don't know why you think I hate talking to you so much. I, we started a podcast together. Clearly, I like talking to you. No, it's a fair bump. No, she was great, actually. Um, we'll cut to that in a minute, but we thought it'd be a great idea. Just a bit of background. Me and Jules were hub partners for six weeks in the AFL hub, so I thought we'd sort of get another guest on to talk about what life in the AFL hub was like because, I mean, we spent, what was it, a bit over six weeks together? Six weeks together, yeah. And... Michelle totally killed that number and I think she did the whole haul, didn't she? Yeah, and, and probably a little bit more interesting for Michelle is that being with the Sydney Swans, and she'll talk about this as well, is um, they weren't in a hub for the entire time. They were flying in and out for a, a longer period, but just makes her experience a little bit more different and um, I guess, I mean, I'm grateful we didn't have to jump on a plane every second week, Barks. I don't know about you, but <laughs> the couple of times we had to catch a plane was enough. No, I agree. The flying's never been my most beloved thing, but I think we can see from the finals games that you can sort of feel like it's all worth it for everyone's efforts, Michelle's Absolutely. and everyone included. Um, so we thought rather than do our normal bit of content discussion, why don't we just pick out something during the week that you saw just to sort of give a bit of a shout out. Um, what are you doing, Jules? I'm picking out content. Oh Jesus Christ! You're funny. That that's more dad dad joke than me last week. Um, but no, did you see anything that worth highlighting? I don't I don't want to talk too much about it because I can't. But nah, did you, see, did you see anything? You never want to talk to... about my content. But no, I, I did. I saw. Um, I want to give a, a shout out to Saint Kilda. I think they've killed content throughout the on their social platforms throughout this year. They've always got really crisp photos, really crisp videos. Um, nice like wholesome content as well but the other day um and we'll have a, a link to this as well as usual all the stuff we're talking about is always on our youtube or on our twitter if you want to have a look um but they're the saints finals bad wagon form um, bandwagon form yeah barks did you did you have a quick look at this i did see it i did see it i just just a nice one though the saints were playing richmond um and i guess it's it's a good way to probably similar to doggies in 2016 just get everyone else in victoria who's not a richmond supporter on their their side um nice little quirky form did really really well on social i think it picked up um a lot of engagement across a couple of channels as well um but this is i, I don't know it's just a nice little nice little form nice little way to to keep people in victoria involved in finals and um unfortunately they didn't win the game but though they won our hearts on social <laughs> That's more important, I think. Yeah. No, I, I like, I enjoyed it. I think it's um, probably a bit of real, realism in it as well, like pointing out the fact that not many people, I assume, would have tipped Saints to make it and you can sort of 
as you said, pick up the fans that might be rooting against Tigers um, yeah. for a bit of lighthearted content as well, which we all need. Yeah. So absolutely. good on your Saints. That's two for the Saints on two. They on might be podcast. our overall leaders. Phoenix Suns. The, the the winners of the the first annual Barker Wallace Trophy. That doesn't sound too smooth, but what what I saw, I'm glad you asked, Jules. What I saw during the week. <laughs> no. Um, speaking of stuff that performed well on socials, mine is for Ohio State football. Okay. Um, bit of a big comment here, Jules. Big yeah. statement. I think it's my favorite, my yep. favorite re-signing graphic, and I don't know if it's just a bit of recent, recent. What's that word? Recent bias. Re- recent. <laughs> We've got to start another list of words that we recency say on this bias. podcast. Oh, recency <laughs> bias. <laughs> that we're not oh, sure God. if actually are words. I was right last time with my word, but I don't know if it's a recency bias, but uh, favorite re-signing graphic, and I'm going to show you. Look at that bad boy. That's really cool. It's so kind much of, detail in it. It's kind of terrifying in a way, though. It is. It's like comic book style, so that's what I thought. And I'm yeah. like, geez, is that a bit much? But... Dig a little deeper. This guy, I want to give a shout out to Chris. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his last name because I don't want to stuff it up. So Chris is the designer for it. And obviously it's not just the one-off. It's sort of a themed uh, style across multiple graphics. So I thought I'd show you quote graphics. So this is just, and this is just college as well. I know like college sport is massive in the States, but wow. I know. So movie poster style. I think this is just their season launcher. Yeah. Season launch. Quote graphic, we always talk about, or we've talked about multiple times, how do you, how do you, revel- like, how do you do quote graphics differently? differently? Yeah. This is a storyboard. That's awesome. Yeah. Wallpaper, resigning graphic. So that's my shout out. Chris, superb job. Chris. And also, and also it worked. Most Twitter engagements in college football. Well done, Chris. That's, yeah. that's unreal. I really, it is that, unreal. It, the way that the treatment that he's put on those pictures is it's clear like it's not um he hasn't just gone and drawn them that would take forever like to redraw everything but the treatment that he's put on it is really really nice mm. well done that's, that's a, good I, one, like, I like that word treatment yeah well it's the word that's a good way to describe it all right, right. enough about yakking on do you want to introduce yeah we're, like we said we're so lucky to have michelle join us um we're going to talk about the hub her time uh, in social, digital, working in sport, she's had a, a lot of experience. Um, we're going to get straight into it, so enjoy. Well, everyone, we've got our first official guest. It only took us seven episodes, but we're so lucky to have Michelle here today, who's the social media manager and more at the Sydney Swans. Michelle, thanks for joining us here on the Content Catch-Up. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from your Instagram feed. It's great to have a little podcast talking about all things content it's very kind yeah we um (laughs) we struggle with uh going too far with our instagram content so far it's it's sometimes just becoming a a blatant sledge match between barks and myself (laughs) (laughs) as long as other people are enjoying that but how are you going today michelle what's what's life like in um sydney um it's quite good at the moment because i'm on a bit of a break um Obviously, the season's still going for a few clubs, but um, I've got back from being in a hub the last uh, nine weeks. So this is my third week off, and I think it's probably only been this week where I've started to feel back to my old self (laughs) because (laughs) hub life uh, ruined me a little bit. So it was a 
tiresome experience, but it was uh, it was a good one at the same time. <laughs> I, I did see a tweet from you, Michelle, about I think you rattled off all these stats about um, how many plane trips, how many tweets, how many days you were actually in there. Do you remember? Actually, I think I've got it in front of me, but you had oh. fifty three days, did you, in the hub? So you did that entire the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. So we. Um, unlike the Victorian teams who sort of have spent a lot longer, which you guys obviously were part of at the beginning, um, Sydney wasn't too bad in terms of COVID. Um, so we played a few games at home, which we were lucky to get, I think, two or three games at the SCG, which was nice for the small amount of Sydney fans we could get in. Um, and then we were flying in and flying out every weekend or every second weekend until Queensland then shut the border to Sydney because the COVID hotspot was getting closer to the SCG where we're based. So then we had to get out with basically, I think it was 30 hours notice. So we sort of knew it was probably coming, but then we had a very short turnaround to get on a plane. Um, and then we went to Brisbane for the first week um, and then in Perth for three weeks which included two weeks of hard quarantine. And then we spent the rest of the time in hubbing cans and flew the Gold Coast a few times in between as well. So yeah, it was a lot of a lot of plane trips. I'm not a great flyer. So oh, no. that was probably the one thing that um, I didn't like, enjoy the most about it. But that said, I probably, because I've flown so much now, it's probably um, put my fear on the back burner a little bit, which is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I put in that tweet I don't even know how many number of media ops, tweets, Facebook posts, COVID tests. Um, yeah, you had to do them almost every day. Well. Yeah, so the COVID tests, they, I mean, I didn't actually think that was that bad by the end of it because you just had that to was actually, of, that, yeah, was actually my, that was actually my opinion yeah. of it. I, I reckon people complain a bit too much about them. Yeah, I'm glad I, to hear I mean, someone else thought it was all right. <laughs> well, well, you know, I wouldn't choose to do it. <laughs> choose to do it, but um, I think by the end of it, you just—it was just part of the the whole experience, really. Um, and I said to my um, friend when I came back to Sydney, you know, now because we'd been tested every week for however many months, sometimes twice a week with a short turnaround of of games, you come back here and you know, you have allergy, you know, hay fever or something and you yeah. think, oh, do I need to go and get tested because you're being tested <laughs> yeah. and you've sort of had that, like you get that text message saying you don't have it. Um, so it's that little bit of doubt. So it was not nice, but you sort of had that, like, okay, I'm, I'm good um, for the whole time you're in the hub. So you just <laughs> yeah. like to deal with it in terms of the tests. It is actually a nice relief. Um, relief. Bark's actually got a, a cold while we were up in yeah. in the hub, and uh, he did the right thing. Like he he locked himself in his room for three days, but I can imagine <laughs> there was probably like a twenty four hour period where he was a bit nervous. No <laughs> test result. Yeah, I get quite a few allergies and things like that. And now that I'm back in Sydney, um, I've sort of been like, oh, and there was one day I thought I might just go down to get tested, and um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting because I haven't really had to think like that for six months. So <laughs> it just makes you paranoid. I think, but yeah, that was, yeah, I think so. that was a fun time. Cause Jules turned into my personal waiter, leaving me three meals a day at my door. <laughs> that was quite a good leaving and running. It was real fun. <laughs> so, so Michelle, well, well, I'd love to say we've done this for every guest, but seeing as you're the lucky number one, we're going to try to um, embrace a bit of a content catch up guest quickfire um, okay. four or so questions. So, um, all right, you're ready to do this. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, nickname. Oh, my nickname. Um, if you have one. Yeah, I, I, I just get called Shell, really. Um, that's my nickname. I 
it's actually interesting. I've never been called Mish before until I started working at the Swans and Lance Franklin was like the first person to call me that. And so I didn't correct him because he's Lance Franklin. (laughs) You call me whatever you want to call me. Um, And then a few of the other boys have done it too. And the whole time in the hub, I've just become Mish as well. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've never been called this before. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of Michelles are, but I've always just been Shell or Shelly and, now I'm Mish at the Swans, so yeah. that's probably my new nickname. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know job title, just to, I know Jules introduced you, but job title. Yeah, so I'm social media manager and I'm also doing PR and media as well now. Um, yeah, that's my new title, so exciting. Yep, great. Um, Favourite bit of content you've worked on? Every bit of content. God, we work on so much, don't we? Um, yeah. You guys have been doing some good re-signing ones lately. I've noticed some good animations <laughs> there. So those, I guess there's like those, that kind of content. Um, so when we had John Longmire re-sign, um, we had a good little content piece. We did it to Old Town Road. Um, oh, nice. of the um, <laughs> yeah. And we had this bit of footage that our videographer captured when we were down at Bondi one day. And it was sort of like the players just parted so nicely and then John came through and it was kind of exactly like the film clip to Old Town Road. So we <laughs> sort of had a play on that. Um, and that went really crazy on social, which was good. Um, but probably one that I'm probably proud of the most is um, from a couple of years ago, uh, Dane Rampey used to, or he still does wears like a, a Terry Telling robe in the and a lot of the other boys do uh, in the change rooms after the game and I just put a photo of him up and he was wearing the robe and everyone started going crazy about these these robes and I thought oh okay maybe this isn't a thing because this was probably my I've probably only been there a season or so and I just noticed how much everyone loved Dane Rampey wearing this robe and I'd seen that Bart had worn them and Adam Goods over the years and stuff as well but I don't know, just the aura of Dane Rampey and the moustache and all of that. I don't know, it just worked. And so then I sort of took on the the fans' point of view, being like, oh, should we stock this in the Swan Shop? And it just went crazy. Everyone wanted this this robe. I remember actually we got a um, message from a Carlton fan saying, I'm a Carlton <laughs> fan, but can I get one of these robes? And <laughs> so I then took it to our um, consumer department. I said, oh, there's this demand for these robes. And so we put together a bit of a, an interest form because we thought we don't want to go crazy with buying these if it's just, you know, people having a bit of fun mm. on, on social. And we, we had so many people sign up like for their interest and so we ran a bit of a campaign like a movie trailer type type thing the robe coming soon and it it went really crazy and then we had a limited amount of robes available and we sort of did them in releases and people were wearing them to the scg and down in melbourne and stuff as well and all over the place really and and then we did it again the year after because the demand was there so then we did the robe return so it was kind of like that star wars um in terms of graphics and stuff and it yeah it just it went crazy this whole robe thing and then we ended up working it into our um red kite which is our charity partner for children's cancer and we did a whole like a you could buy a ticket and a robe to sit in the red robe bay for red day for red kite (laughs) it was a bit of a mouthful um and we you know we sent them to robo and and that at afl and jared at afl 360 and they wore them and stuff so it was just a really good it was something that started on social with just a picture and then it ended up being, you know, sales outcome for the club and then a greater PR piece as well. So that's probably one of my 
not proudest moments, but something that was just good to see it go from that to that. Yeah, um, that's really cool. It's funny. It's, it's funny how <laughs> it's funny how these things start. Like how how something like just a photo in the change room can turn into this massive, probably yeah. something that obviously wasn't even planned, and just turns into a really successful bit of content and even towards the charities that's really cool <laughs> yeah so it was it was content it was obviously made money because people were buying them from the swan shop and yeah the the charity as well were obviously donating parts of it back to red kite which was really nice so yeah that was a really um that was probably a good campaign that i always look back on and think oh that was really cool um yeah, yeah they're probably my favorite couple of bits of content those two yeah, cool. Um, and lastly, we wanted to chuck on in about yourself. It's not all about the role. A non-work skill you rate yourself most in? A non-work skill. Could be anything. Um, I am good at, well, I've been told, I don't sample my own um, baking too much, but I do make cupcakes. I haven't made them for a while, but um, I used to help out for kids' birthday parties and I've done a couple of weddings up here in oh. Sydney. Um, so yeah, I guess cupcake baking, I don't really have much time to do it at the moment, but it used to be sort of my side hustle when I was working in cricket, I used to sort of do it in the summer. Um, but yeah, I also play hockey as well. So I've grown up playing state hockey for Tassie, um, a bit older and, um, not as, not, not, not as fit, but (laughs) not running around in state colors anymore. And now that I work in a winter sport, it, um, it's a bit harder. So when I was working cricket, it was obviously a lot easier to yeah. put a lot of my time into hockey. But yeah, we'll say we'll go with cupcakes and hockey. They're my cupcakes other. And hockey. Uh, they're my other talents. <laughs> Sounds like a great, um, like really bizarre album name that you someone would release. <laughs> cupcakes like. and hockey. <laughs> Shells, cupcakes, and hockey. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we've gotten from this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, successfully got through our first rapid fire. Yeah, so it wasn't too rapid when I started going on about that, that road <laughs> example, but it's just sort of like a three-part thing. So. It, was worth, it was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You've you already um, touched a bit about your experience to the, the hub, so I suppose we don't need to dive too much more into that, but you were up there for such a long time. How did you, um, how did you stay inspired like to keep producing content week in, week out? Yeah, it, it, it was really – I found it – like it was a great experience, but it was really hard at the same time. And you sort of feel bad saying that. And I'm sure you guys would probably know the feeling where you've got friends that have lost jobs that don't have jobs that aren't working in footy or even in the whole sports industry or other events industries and stuff. And you're whinging because you're like, oh my God, I'm under the pump so much up here. I can't escape work. It's sort of all you're doing. And when you are in that environment, it's really hard to, to switch off all the time, especially um, we actually only had two of us from our media team in the hub, um, which made it quite hard. Um, We had people working back in Sydney, but it's different when you're with the team and having to do things on the ground, then you're going back to your computer and you've got emails back in Sydney and and whatnot. So I found it, it was was a really hard experience. It was probably like one of, you know, one of the hardest working times and most amount of screen time I've ever had in that type of stuff. So, it was, it was that constant, um, as you said, you, you really wanted to keep your fans engaged though. Like you had to put that mindset of your mind might be tired and you're seeing all these guys 24 seven, but not everyone else is. They're only seeing the glimpses that you're showing them. So you had to, you always, I mean, you always have to put the fans first, but 
you know, if you're if you you're going through times of being fatigued, you don't want your audience to think, oh, a social media person's fatigued and they can't be bothered <laughs> creating good content for us. But yeah, I like I did find it really hard, but it was also this experience where we were doing all these different things and you know, all four day turnarounds with games and you were going, you were you were with the players and that all the time, and it was that. Also, you didn't want to annoy the players all the time for content because you wouldn't normally be doing that anyway. Like if we were in Sydney, you would have that time at the club with them and you'd get them. But, you know, if you're eating dinner with someone, you don't want to be like, oh, by the way, can you come and film this for me? um, The players are really great as well. Like they understood, which I'm sure you guys would be the same in terms of like our commercial partners and that. You have a lot of content you've got to get done. To, to tick off, which normally, you know, you'd have days and months and that to prepare, um, you know, setups and stuff when you're in studios and stuff like, <laughs> like that. So they were really great in terms of being like, yep, like, let's do it, let's get it done. Um, so it was just all those little bit of extra things that we had to do on top of the day-to-day of being there and capturing everything that was going on. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It does make it harder when you're two out like for example we, we were lucky we, we also had our, our media manager there who yep. helped us organize like a, a lot of the more commercially side of stuff but when you're two out and you, you sit down for lunch and someone's like oh you still need to get this and you're like yeah. ah crap forgot about <laughs> that quick let's let's wrap that up or you're going to players like we uh barks tell me if i'm wrong but we also felt a bit weird when you're going to them after hours and like hey we still haven't knocked this out we can either do it first thing tomorrow or we can just yeah get it done yeah. here um i think they understood that though i think you're right yeah. like they know that you know i mean half the time they were bored anyway so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know like what else were you or... doing just sitting in the lobby or like yeah. <laughs> no they, like that was probably another thing i not i learned like obviously we work at a football club so we know what these guys do all the time because they're yeah. always at the football club and we're always at the football club but it's just the whole the whole you know their whole day-to-day is is done to an timed you know through an app on their phone and you know there's lots of people talk about you know oh how hard it must be for an AFL player and all these types of comments you see on social and you think oh they you know it's it's not an it's not an easy job like they're obviously very lucky to be doing playing a sport they love and getting to do that that type of stuff but and you know their downtime does include golf and playstation but that's a very small part of it I think a lot of the time as well especially because we were in these hubs, you know, there'd be press about the glamorous life of being at a golf resort in Perth and, you know, being yeah. in cans by the pool and stuff like that. And it was just, the reality is it was probably like point whatever percent because the day-to-day was meetings and training and massages and coaches going through things with coaches and four-day turnarounds. They're, they're pretty busy people just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely and not being able to escape coaches either like the amount yeah. of <laughs> or coaches at dinner with laptops going up to players it doesn't stop yeah yeah exactly and just being around the same people all the time I think like yeah you, it's great because you've got to know people on a different level and that includes players as well like I have a pretty good relationship with all the all the players but you've got to know little things that you might not have known you know I got to know things that some of our players were studying that I wouldn't have even thought that they were studying. So it was quite an interesting experience. I had a question about um, the hub in general, I guess, did you learn anything from that experience that you'll take into the future? So it could be um, one little example I had, um, I think you touched on it about screen time and trying to tune out from work because you're always around 
uh, work people. Um, my little example of this was going for walks. So I, I don't think I ever really enjoyed going for walks. I have a little dog and it wasn't, it's not something I'd consider fun, but um, something I took from the hub was uh, removing myself from the work situation, actually going for a walk and really enjoying it. So was there anything like that? It could be work or non-work related that you'll take into um, the future? Um, I think it's probably, it's probably similar, just the little things that you, and I, I think a lot of people during this whole pandemic will probably would have a similar answer. Uh, the little things you take for granted that were sort of taken away from you. Like we've obviously been, you know, before we were in the hub, we started being under AFL protocols. So um, most people that follow AFL would, would know these and we couldn't see friends. You, you know, you couldn't have a friend over for dinner. You couldn't go to a cafe. You know, I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't play hockey. Hockey's a massive part of my life. And I basically, you know, I'm not playing hockey this year. I'm going into a hub situation because that's my job. Um, so to have all those things that sort of make make me up as a person taken away and then just becoming, it, I basically felt like I was just Michelle that works at the Swans the whole year. So yeah. now that I've come back and I'm not under these protocols, you sort of take little things for granted. Like, oh, I can message my friend and we can go sit in a park now. And when I first came back, I was a little bit anxious. Like I went to Westfield and I was like, my gosh, there's so many people because I, you know, <laughs> We had to, we were only allowed to go for essential things. You couldn't, you couldn't go shop, you know, clothes shopping or things like that. And so just probably taking the little things for granted. And also it's quite funny. I found like last year, I, um, I felt like I had a really long, not long year, but like I worked really hard last year at work and um, I always seemed to be run down. I thought, okay, next year I really need to look after myself as well, you know, something can wait you know you don't always have to be on and you guys would know when you're on social you have that constant need to yeah. to always be on because you might miss something and then you're like oh the five minutes that you're not on something will, <laughs> something yeah. will happen and then you'll think oh i've missed that and so <laughs> then obviously with this year it was a completely different year and probably on more than what we've ever been before so i think it is just the little things that i've come back going no you know, you can take, you can take a break. And it, yeah. it sounds stupid. Like when you say it out loud, yeah, of course you can take a break. But I think when you work in social and media and this space, it is so constant. And I don't think everyone always gets that. I think a lot of people think you're just sort of posting stuff. Like that's what you do. You sit here and you, you post stuff, but mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you're sort of always on. You've always got an on button. So yeah. Just being able to, yeah, switch off a little bit. And it, as I said, it was hard in the hub, but um, now that I'm back, I'm sort of and reflecting on it a bit more. I think I'll take that away. <laughs> yeah, it's a good answer because um, I think what I think of this whole, not to get too deep about the global pandemic, is that you'd hope that everyone can sort of appreciate the little things like um, being able to go for a walk or to the shops, like you said. So it's a very yeah. good point. But... Aside from all that, Michelle, you've been working in sport for 10 plus years across mm. cricket and you AFL. Sound very old. <laughs> it's just experience. Um, <laughs> but what, what do you love so much about the industry? And what, despite everything that we, we do that's so hard, what keeps you coming back? Uh, I mean, yeah, as I said, I was lucky enough to work in cricket when I first got going. I, when I was at uni, I originally started off being, wanting to be a PE teacher so sports is something that I always grew up with and then obviously um, played high level hockey growing up and 
really enjoyed hockey coaching and just, I don't know, just was like, I really want to be a PE teacher. And then I started that at uni and I just, I wasn't enjoying it. I was, the degree was a little bit more specialised. So I was doing quite a lot of like chemistry and um, maths for like human movement side of things. So sports science. And I just thought, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. I can still hockey coach and sports media had always sort of interested me quite a bit, but I, I'm not controversial enough to be a journalist. And <laughs> so this is obviously pre-social media days. So I thought, where would a media, a sports media, like where would that take me if I don't, I don't want to be a journalist because I just, I like writing, but I, I'm just, I just can't dig around for stories and that, that's just not in me. Um, so then I went back and I, I started doing a uh, sort of a broad media degree um, down in Hobart because I'd relocated to Launceston and then I did my prac at Cricket Tasmania in my third year and sort of saw this PR side of things and thought, yeah, this is, this is definitely more me. And then I got an opportunity to work, asked me if I wanted to help with a, a digital role. You know, they needed someone to start up the Facebook page for the Hurricanes and um, Twitter and all this, which is crazy talking about this now, seeing how far the Big Bash has come. And yeah, then I was in Big Bash for seven years, which was amazing and worked over in England as well for a season, which was such a great experience um, doing an Ashes test at the county I was at there. And then the county team I worked for actually won the championships when I was over there. So I picked a good year. <laughs> um, a young up and comer called Ben Stokes was with us that year. <laughs> this <laughs> conversation turned out all right. <laughs> he turned out all right. completely lost on Bark to hate cricket oh, yeah, I, like I, I can just nod i can yeah. nod, like, i know what's going on yeah. <laughs> no, this is good let's keep talking cricket. and then yeah so next sport next sport i thought oh i'll um you know i i really loved cricket and i loved working it but i you know i really loved afl grew up yeah. watching afl and whatnot so and i've in terms of media and sports media, I feel like it's sort of the pinnacle in Aussie sports. So Absolutely. got this applied for this job at the Swans and here I am four seasons later. So yeah, it's been, in terms of, I don't know what keeps me coming back. I just, I love being that connection, I guess, between the team and the fans. That's basically what, yeah. you, you know, you are the eyes and the ears. And I was talking to a friend who works in social doing a similar sort of chat during lockdown and one thing that you I think you just have to think about is people don't see what you see um, yeah. and you know we're, we're very lucky to work at a football club with these great people when you know you run into people in the hallways and then you talk to them and then you think oh that's just my day-to-day -day now and then you might post something and it might just go crazy and you think oh that's right people people don't see that person every day yeah. or they haven't seen that person for a while and they look different now and little things like that so um, yeah, I just like being that um, connection and the, the storyteller, I guess, as well. That's and such sharing an unreal story. answer. Yeah. It's, um, it's so refreshing to hear how other people think about it, but that's like being that connection is such a huge answer. Um, I, I don't think that's a wrong answer at all. I think that's a perfect answer to the question. <laughs> Oh, Absolutely, and to and to be really really um self centered on the podcast, it's sort of why we wanted to hear from people like you to actually get it get a grasp of what it's like behind the scenes. Because I think it's probably one of the first things we sort of me and Jules said is like you don't hear people talking too often about what we see and what we do. So yeah. as Jules said, that's I really enjoyed that answer. Yeah, I don't think it yeah. should be oh this club's better than this person like than this team on social or digital or they copied them with that like. 
I think it's just about sharing ideas and we're all in it. We all want, especially in football, and it was the same in cricket, you all want people to be consuming, you know, your content, yes, but you want people to be excited about the players and the sport as well, which, you know, you guys probably the same with lockdown when all the Americans sort of jumped on board AFL. <laughs> you know, they, they had no idea what this sport was and then all of a sudden you're getting all these American fans tweeting you and every team was trying to get every American on board and that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're just trying to grow your sport. I think it's something American, especially Americans do really well because it's probably an aspect of um, them not being afraid to, I guess, more show off, if that's the right way to put it. Like you see more people trying to put their own work out there to be like, check out this really cool thing I um, created. But I feel like not enough people in Australia do that because it's sort of like a sense of, me, me, me type. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be too arrogant. You don't want to put yourself out there. Yeah. But I know when I first jumped in the footy environment, that's that's all I wanted to follow. I wanted to find individuals that made it. I didn't want to necessarily want to find the teams that made really cool the stuff. Teams. I wanted to be yeah. like, who's that face that made that video in my Yeah, and I think you're right. You do see it a lot with American um, sports. And I think we are seeing it a little bit more with, you know, you sort of know now who works at each club and as I'm lucky I've been across cricket as well. So I sort of know that and I've got friends that work in league up here. So you sort of make those connections on there and you can see the face behind the content, which is really cool. It is absolutely. A, it's like absolutely becoming a great community. Um, it would be very rude of me not to ask. This one's not on the run sheet, but as a Tasmanian, <laughs> can you explain to Bark and myself what a jack jumper is and why this name is so important to Tasmania? Go back to the last episode, Julie. Well. <laughs> Well, if you saw my Twitter a few weeks ago, I remember like I'm I'm not a massive basketball fan. It's something that I mean I I will watch it and I will 100% go for this team because there are not many Tasmanian professional sports teams. So, but I mean I I don't want to stand here and talk about that I'm an expert in NBA, but I am I would not an expert. But obviously, as you said, I've got a lot of experience in terms of brands and marketing and you know starting a team from scratch on social like I did with the Hurricanes. So, and you know. For the record, not many people like the Hurricanes name or the colours when that first started and look where we are now. So that's something to maybe think about with the Jack Jumpers. But yeah, when the poll went up, I thought, oh, like out of all those, like really? Is that the, <laughs> is the Jack Jumpers the best we could go with? But then once the video came out and the whole brand sort of came to life, I, I did get it a bit more. And yeah, a jack jumper, you don't want to get bitten by a jack jumper. I've been bitten by them as a kid down at my um, grandparents' shack and that. They are nasty little ants. But it's quite funny to hear, I don't want to use the term mainlander, but um, the mainlanders, (laughs) (laughs) when I'm sitting here on the mainlander, (laughs) um, (laughs) the mainlanders talk about, like, they don't have no idea what a a jack jumper is. And I, I didn't, I knew that they were obviously, like, not popular, but they obviously, there's a lot of them in Tasmania, but I didn't really know it was something that was so connected with Tasmania. But I think the marketing was probably directed at kids and that as, as well. Um, I read an article that was in the Mercury. I can't remember. I don't want to say who it was. I don't want to quote someone who it wasn't, but I, the, it was along the lines of, you know, that's who they were marketing at um, in terms of the logo, the, the whole the whole brand video and things like that. So I guess that's you got to take hat off to them and you got to sit and listen and appreciate the reasoning behind why they've done it instead of just I think. And my first reaction again was, oh, like, what's that name? But yeah. 
you know, I think, and I think a lot of people probably were like that on Twitter and Insta and, and that in the Facebook comments. But if you do take, you know, sit down, look at the video, um, they put that really good um, video together about how the logo was created, little things like that sort of make it up a bit more. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think Tazzy will get around whoever it is. As I said, they, no one wanted the hurricanes because it was Hobart and it should be Tasmania and there's no hurricanes in Hobart, you know, <laughs> that was, that was basically what it was like for me eight years ago, nine years ago. I don't even know what, no, BBL, I don't know what BBL we have to, I don't even remember, 10 years. Not, nearly it's not my sport. And nine yeah. or 10, yeah, yeah. 10, I think, yeah. So I think the jack jumpers will be okay. <laughs> yeah. We talked about last week and I think you're spot on because you, you do take a bit to, I don't know, you just straight away nitpick at what you see and the, yeah. the name in front of you, but once you actually dive a little deeper, you're like, all right, yeah. I can see this direction. And, it, and they did it well, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. And I think that's like with anything, isn't it bad how everyone's reaction is always like... Negative. The, the critical <laughs> yeah. reaction. And we yeah. see that as people that put stuff out. Like, you know, if you win by 60 points, or why didn't you win by 61 points? Or, <laughs> you know, that, that's, sort of that's, like, that's sort of the mentality of fans sometimes. Obviously, that's, a, that's not if you win, fans are going to be happy. But people always find like negatives. I was actually just on Facebook for not related to sports at all, but I was, it was on the Channel 10 page and they've obviously been hammering the Bachelorette on their socials. And the first five As comments were negative. Like, <laughs> no, but like, why are you following a Channel 10 page that like is such reality TV based and then just going on there and writing like, why bother? Like, <laughs> why bother? So Because people have nothing that, better to do with yeah, their time. That's always all it that is. Ne negativity. So I think, yeah, that's just the way, unfortunately, everyone's minds work these days. <laughs> to be fair, they are, they are the best TV shows, but we're talking about The Bachelorette, so it's probably time to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> Michelle, on behalf of myself and Jules, we really appreciate your time. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing from you and what you do. And, and yeah, you're our first guest on Content Catch-Up, so thank you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, for Michelle. Me. I look forward to hearing from what other guests you have lined up. <laughs> Maybe someone from the Jack Jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would actually be, <laughs> that would be a great follow-up, actually. <laughs> so, Bucks, we're back through the magic of editing. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. How do you, how do, you do that, Jules? Uh, I just uh, just sliced and spliced. But what a great chat with, there with Michelle. Um, she, just a, a completely different experience of the hub and, you know, like, you heard her talk about how she, the pressures of being in the hub and being 24 seven when you're only a couple of you and feeling like you've got so much to do. I yeah. think that's something that we probably experienced a little bit while we were up there. Um, just being, having football be your 24 seven is, is a bit of an adjustment to make as well. Um, I think, I think during the hub is the time where that responsibility is the most, um, being the connection between the fans. So that was a really good insight that I enjoyed. Yeah, I think um, it, it's hard as well finding that balance. And Michelle put it perfectly. Like you can't just do everything because you're there with them all the whole time. Like they need their downtime as well. Um, yeah, it's about finding balance. And sounds like now that she's out of the hub as well, she's found a bit more balance, which is nice. And hopefully she can enjoy her time off and, and then get back into the swing of things because footy, it doesn't stop. A big thank you to Michelle again. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you think of the guest idea. It's something that me and Jules both really enjoyed. But um, give us your thoughts because it's probably something we'll look to do a bit more of moving forward, obviously. And 
hell, even if you've got a suggestion of a guest, throw it our way because it'll be interesting to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Barks, I think it's that time. Is it? Ding. Egg of the week. Egg of the week time, Jules. Do you have one? Effort. I do have one. Do you have one? I, I think I do. I need to check through my notes. I think I've taken one. But you, you go with yours. Tell me about your egg of the week. All right, Jules. My egg of the week is Arsenal Football Club. Yep. Why, why you ask? Why? Because after 27 years working at the club, the Arsenal um, mascot, I don't know how to pronounce it, Garasaurus, I think, <laughs> Got has been let go <laughs> due to the cost cut. Due to cost cuts, <laughs> poor dinosaur. I'm just looking at a photo of him, but imagine that. I mean, surely you could find someone else to, I don't know, cut besides your mascot. But like, that's my egg of the week. Then again, do you need a mascot while? Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> but for who? There's no one at the ground. There's no one at the games. Well, it's just about the. The respect of the franchise, 27-year dinosaur, and you're just going to throw him out in the streets. <laughs> it's upset me this week. I don't even follow soccer. I don't well, like Arsenal. Anyway, that's my egg of the week. Can you top that? My egg of the week. I'm, and I'm gonna, we're going to have to go to this footage. Uh, I'll see if I can find it now. But, Bucks, did you see this Italian um, go-kart driver? That rings no bells at all. Okay. But do go on. I'm Hold intrigued. On, let, me, let me find it. Okay. So am I allowed to share my screen? Uh, I believe I have done that. Yes. Okay, cool. We're gonna, you're going to watch this, and this is my egg of the week. This is phenomenal. You know what? So this guy here is Luca Coberry, and he's crashed out of the race. What? So he's just cracked it because he's not in the race anymore. He's yeah, he's, cracked out, he's crashed out of the race, and I think he's thrown his um his front bumper at the person that helped, like, or that made him crash. And then, hold on, it gets better because then he goes into the pits and, and he starts a, he starts a fight. Um, gonna have to sit Good through that. I think I, I think it's funny because it's it's. Looks like very competitive go karting. That just makes it that much. Absolutely cracked the shits. It's <laughs> wait till you see the fight as well. <laughs> so we talk. We talking about guest jewels. What do you reckon? Second <laughs> guest. That that tops my egg of the, so egg of the year so far. That's my egg of the week. Old Luca couldn't control himself. Um, and the angry twenty three year old. Just a very angry man. <laughs> No, well, on that note, let's, let's wrap this bad boy up. Okay, guys, wrap it up. All right, thank you, everyone. That was episode seven, Done and Dusted. Uh, big thank you to Michelle once again. Head to our socials and YouTube. We'll put the whole whole discussion up on that, including um, any snippets on our social media as well. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, Thanks Bucks. again. So, uh, happy. Yeah, on you. Really starting to look forward to our Sunday mornings together. I'm not, but carry on. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.